It's serious crime. I don't know if it's organized crime. A specialist guardie pounced on the attempted theft by ramming a stolen Jeep the gang were using. He pursues them on foot. That was the story of the Duffy brothers and the ATM digger robberies. Too fucking good to be true crime. They're going to now know <laughs> that we don't like to wear tight underwear. Welcome back to another episode of Too Good To Be True Crime with myself, Rich, living in the rolling countryside in England and Austin over in Manhattan in New York. Hello, Austin. How are you, buddy? Rich, I'm so happy to see you, man. I like your side light you've got going on there. You're looking good. Thank you. Thank you, Rich. You're not looking so bad yourself, buddy. I try my best. How's life in Manhattan? It's good. It's Halloween today. I'm going to go do Rocky Horror Picture Show at a piano bar tonight. It's going to be... It's going to be something. Of course, it's Halloween. Um, we've got a pumpkin in the front room, which Jem has cut all the holes out of and put a candle in it. I never realised growing up, we didn't have pumpkins in the house growing up, and I never realised how nice it smells when you come in the house. It's really nice. It's That kind of so like good. autumnal smell. Yeah, it's really good. Really good. Did you take out the seeds as well and, and um, like, I don't know, what do you do with them? Roast them? I had nothing to do with it whatsoever. I just enjoy looking at it. It was all down to Jem. So, you know, 10, 10 points for her. But she went she went pumpkin picking with my little niece. Um, and my niece obviously got absolutely filthy covered in mud. And uh, my sister, her mum was going absolutely crazy going, you're not getting in the car just like that, right? Take those clothes off. And it was bloody freezing as well out there. So I think they had a good time though. Oh, I think I saw on, I, I think I saw a post that she needed to kiss every every pumpkin. Your niece. Yeah, she was kissing it. And apparently there was like a witch on stilts and stuff, like in green and the big pointy hat. My little niece was like, she's so beautiful. She looks so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, su it was such fun. Mate, talking about the weather, you know, we haven't spoken about the weather for a while, have we? I on know, the it's true. Early doors, we were talking about the weather loads, weren't we? Like, I know. Uh, we need a, we need a, for are you here to bring us a weather segment? Well, kind of, because do you know what my new favourite thing is? It kind of relates to the weather, because obviously as it's getting into, we're getting closer towards Christmas now, and the nights are drawing, you know, the clocks in the UK now have gone back, so it's dark at like 4.30 in the evening. I have to say, temperature-wise, not too bad. It's a little bit damp here and there, but I'm, I'm, I don't mind it at the moment. So if it stays like this up to Christmas, I'm absolutely fine. But the one thing I do find is a struggle as it starts to get colder it's drying your clothes, like it, it, it drying because you have to dry your clothes in the house. They stay damp, and then they get that they just smell a bit like musty. You know, it'll smell like a wet dog or something. Sometimes you're like, these got to go through the wash again. But let's lay this out for a second because I feel like like there's a British American thing going on here. Right. Why is it harder to dry your clothes in the winter? I think well, it depends on how much and how long you have the heating on for because obviously if you don't you know as we know we're living in a, you know a, a, a crisis at the moment and everything's so bloody expensive if you we haven't had the heating on yet we've not needed to but the air temperature in the house is colder than it would normally be in in the summer so obviously the air temperature it's not drying the clothes as quickly right so the, the longer the clothes sit damp the more likely they are to smell, which I don't like. And then you have to wash them again. And then so you've got the washing hanging up again and again and again. See so, what I mean? So why don't you dry your clothes in the dryer? Well, we don't have a dryer in the house again. Because this, this is the this is this is what this is what I was suspecting. This is the difference. I think in my experience, most American houses 
if they have a laundry a laundry machine in the house, they'll also have a dryer. Washer, dryer, dishwasher. So we only have the space for a dishwasher and a washing machine. Now we do have the ability to go to the laundrette around the corner, which I did go to this afternoon. So when it comes to sheets and towel, do you know what? I'm gonna stop myself. I, is this really boring for the pod? <laughs> People tuning in for a true crime podcast. <laughs> and we're talking about how fucking difficult it is for Brits to dry their washing in the winter. Wrap it up, I will, I will dry my towels and my sheets and my duvet covers and my pillowcases in the laundrette because I don't want them hanging all around the house. And but I don't <laughs> want to put I don't want to put my Grundies in the tumble dryer because they they shrink and it's you know it's uncomfortable you know around my, my <laughs> essentially around my my sack. <laughs> <laughs> and I just don't want that tension. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't so, want that sometimes tension it's around nice that. Nice to have that little extra support though, isn't it? It is it, sometimes if you're doing if you're doing like you know a, a, a physical or rigorous activity yeah. like playing some sport or going for a run. Don't mind having a bit of support, but when I'm relaxing with Netflix, I want to I want to be hanging a bit looser. If I'm honest, <laughs> <laughs> we've hung it loose now for a couple minutes. We we got in our we got in our weather our winter chat, but we know what the listeners are here for. It's gritty, dark, true crime. That's <laughs> yeah, what we're all about true. here. Yeah. I know we'll, we'll we'll get into it but it's quite funny isn't it how literally just before we started recording we were talking about oh our oh, in-laws are going to listen to this podcast and do we do we censor ourselves or do we just hang it all out there and talk about apparently how the much answer is no <laughs> no they're going to now know that we don't like to wear tight underwear <laughs> oh mate let's get into the episode oh, proper let's go too fucking good to be true crime I'm going to take you back to 2018 stroke 2019 today. And I'm going to take you to the rural green fields of the Republic of Ireland. Now, this is a too good to be true crime story that was sent in by Carl in Ireland. Carl, friend of the pod. Shout out to Carl. Shout out to Carl. He sent me this story and he said, he said, this might be something you might be able to use on the podcast. And I, and I, and I read it and I thought, you know what, this is, um, this is, this is a great and an interesting story for our Too Good To Be True Crime listeners today. So, picturesque scenery, the green fields of rural Ireland, as I said, it's a peaceful, relaxing environment. And it's, it's just like any beautiful place that anyone might ever visit anywhere in the world. Of course, it doesn't matter what the scenery looks like, doesn't matter how beautiful and peaceful it is. There's always going to be some knobheads that live there, right? This took place in a place called Virginia in County Cavan on August the 14th, 2019. At around 2.15 a.m., a 14-ton digger was stolen from the site of a fire station, which was then under construction. So you do, is, it the, is, is the word digger the same as it is in the U.S. as it is in so. England? So a digger's yeah. like, yeah, a huge big JCB with the big bucket on it or the arm that essentially you use them on construction sites to like move like, um, you know, like mud and soil and brick and, and rubbish. And one has been stolen. From the site of a fire station, which was under construction. So the digger immediately traveled in convoy with a stolen Toyota Land Cruiser for about 800 meters, so not that far, towards an ATM machine with intent to remove it from the wall and take it away. Now, this ATM machine, it was housed uh, in the front of the, the Riverfront Hotel on Virginia's Main Street. So you've got the fire station under construction at the end of the street. 
and they drive 800 meters up the road to where this hotel is. And in that hotel building in the wall is an ATM machine. And you said it's driving along with another vehicle? Yeah, so you've got the uh, the digger that's driving along and it's driving in convoy with a Toyota Land Cruiser, which I'm thinking, to be honest, if you are... You know, if you're if you're out and about at that time of night or you're, you know, I don't know, you're awake for whatever reason or you're working and you're seeing one of those heavy machinery vehicles driving down the road at that time in the morning, you're going to be thinking to yourself, that's strange, isn't it? Because we because as we know, like people that work, you know, as laborers, they don't like to work past 4 p.m., do they? Because quite often... <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to be working at 2.15 in the morning. So that, that could well, be some true. alarm. Because uh, people need to sleep, right? So Absolutely. Now, the gang that stole it, and also some of the gang were driving the Toyota Land Cruiser, they were foiled in August 2019 when a specialist guardy, so guardy is the word, you say cops, we say police, the Irish are called guardy, okay? The guards, essentially the police. So, a specialist guardie pounced on the attempted theft of, of the ATM in Virginia by ramming a stolen Jeep the gang were using. When the bucket of the excavator was meters away from the ATM, a Garda Range Rover rammed the stolen Toyota Land Cruiser and the three culprits inside fled the scene with the guardie in pursuit on foot. Now, what I do want to do <laughs> is just explore the fact that a specialist guardy. So, so when when it says a specialist guardy here, is that a specialist guardy that specialises in stolen heavy haulage material and getting in pursuit of it? Is that what that special department is? Because <laughs> I I want to know who's in that department. Because you've got what the homicide department, you've got the fraud department, you've got you know the robbery and the the flying squad department. Oh, we. <laughs> We've also got the department that covers stolen heavy haulage vehicles. That's just down the corridor on the right there. You've got Clive and Bert in there. Go and see them. In episode one, we heard from a, from a chess detective. I'd love to imagine is, that this, this guy is... is a specialist from, the, from the, chess, the chess division. He's a chess detective. He's just spending his night out, and this has got to be the most exciting fucking night of his life. It's kind of quite Grand Theft Auto shit, Yeah, it isn't really it? is. So, yeah. <laughs> So, so they, they escaped they escaped on foot and he like pursued them like foot race, like trying to catch them up. So from what I'm ascertaining from this, that I'm presuming that they had them under surveillance, this gang, because there's no way just literally purely coincidentally at that time in the morning in, in rural Ireland that there's going to be like a cop that feels, you know, strongly enough to give chase. So obviously this specialist department has either been created or previously existed. So he, he, um, he pursues them on foot. Now, the reason why I say I think that they were already under surveillance is as follows. So the gang involved had already stolen ATMs from Bally Bay, Castle Blaney uh, in County Monaghan and Kings Court in County Cavan or Cavan. Plus they'd stolen two ATMs on the same night in Kells, County Meath. So these are all different parts of, of Ireland. Um, and that was between December the 16th, 2018 and April 19th, 2019. So that, that was so that was before this attempt on the ATM that was in front of the river, uh, the Riverfront Hotel. Um, so this was a sixth time 
that they had, uh, this is the sixth robbery that they'd orchestrated. So they'd done five before and they'd not been caught and this was the sixth one. So I'm presuming the surveillance started after the previous robbery. So they had them under surveillance. So they knew this one was and going to happen. And their previous robberies were ATM involved? All ATMs. Yeah. They'd stolen five ATMs. Damn. So, um, yes, and through the same route. So they'd stolen or they rented diggers and they'd, it was the same system. So wow. they'd smash them into the building and try and drag the ATM out and then, then take it away. The total amount stolen over the five successful ATM thefts was 790,000 euro. So that's what they'd drawn from the ATMs, 790,000 euro. I don't know how, how much cash is kept in an ATM, do you? No, I have no idea. That doesn't I mean, it seem, must that be doesn't, a hell of a... That doesn't seem like it's worth it. If you had to steal six, five or six ATMs, but you didn't even make a million euros? Well, I guess it's three quarters of a million euro. And for the sake of like an hour or two of your evening, <laughs> I'm just going to pop out and get an ATM. <laughs> It's not a lot of hard work to, you know, um, to get that kind of money. It also doesn't sound like a lot of hard planning. We've had, we've had stories where these guys are like planning for months and months on end. And this just sounds, this just sounds like they were bored one night and they were like, fuck it. You know what we could probably do? Let's get a digger. Let's steal a fucking ATM. They could have just been in like the local pub, like listening to the sort of the Irish music, drinking some Guinness, and suddenly one of them perhaps sees a digger yeah. going past and comes up with that idea and says, hey lads, what, what do you think about this? That's what it sounds like. I'm also thinking 790,000, like you said, it isn't, in the grand scheme of things, a lot of money for the potential sentence they might get, uh, you know, if they were to get caught. But also, Dublin is so, in particular, is so expensive. And I'm not sure about the rest of Ireland, but I'm presuming it's fairly expensive to live there. Like 790 grand, I don't think that's even enough for a decent deposit in Ireland, to be honest. It's so expensive. It really, really is. So they're not actually going to be able to buy much with that 790 grand, I wouldn't have thought. If you lived above the ATM, or you're like a guest in the hotel that night, you're going to, that's definitely going to draw some attention to you as well, isn't it? Because you're going to be thinking, I mean, imagine if you wake up f for the toilet in the middle of the night and you go into the toilet for like a midnight dump or something. And then suddenly you hear this massive fucking digger come through the wall, drag out this fucking ATM. Mate, the floor could give way. You could fall down the toilet, couldn't you? Be I know, well, horrendous. I, I would probably so, think the building's collapsing or something. Yeah, because also I, what I'm confused about here is that it's taken to get to robbery number six before anything is kind of done about it. Because I'm thinking these, these places are quite, quite rural. They're not, not, not enormously populated. Surely someone's going to know someone that knows someone that did the robbery, right? Um, and if you see them in their digger at nighttime, put two and two together. I say knows? shut down all the ATMs in town. Just close all the ATMs, yeah. empty them out. Empty them out, absolutely. Like, gets, gets to five o'clock in the evening, empty out the ATMs, nothing to steal. A Jared Duffy was caught and arrested in a nearby field while Kieran Duffy, another man, evaded capture. Kieran Duffy was later arrested in the afternoon of August 14th where he was discovered hiding in the toilets of the Riverfront <laughs> Hotel. So Of the same hotel? The hotel that... <laughs> the hotel that he'd robbed um, of the ATM. He was then found 
hiding in the toilets <laughs> of said hotel at that point i mean that is a quintessential returning to the scene of the crime why why would you do that you just get the hell out of dodge wouldn't you right so stephen duffy was the third brother so there was three brothers the duffy brothers they were they were you know a, a crime family that would perform these robberies and these thefts um all together a phone found on kieran duffy matched the number of a phone used to contact the owner of the digger which was for sale um he 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 was uh, he wanted some test drives two days before the botched theft so initially we thought that the diggers had been stolen but what kieran duffy had actually done would on his own phone had phoned up the owner of the digger on the site of the old fire station and it was for sale and he wanted he said to him can i test drive your digger a couple of days before the robbery so you've got hiding out in the toilets of the place that you've just robbed plus you're hiring a digger using contacting the person that owns the digger on your own phone for 800 meters up the road for the digger that was then used in the robbery it's not going to take a rocket scientist to ascertain who those who these people are right so the guardy the cops had put the yard in tullypole under surveillance and two bags containing 298,900 euros were recovered along with a money counting machine okay so when jared duffy was arrested he commented do you think i'm fucked it wasn't me with the bucket so he's basically saying I wasn't the one driving the digger. So do you think I'm going to go down for this? So Jared Duffy was interviewed. He claimed he owed 10,000 euro and he had to do a job after having a row in a pub or he would be shot. So his story is that I had to do this because I had a row with a guy in a pub. He told me I owed him 10 grand. The only way that I'm going to get this 10 grand is to off the ATM machine at the hotel i got caught with weed in high school and i told my parents that i was getting bullied and the bully told me i had to bring the weed in for him to, to high school that sounds like some shit that i did I when i that, was 16. mate that's par for the course isn't it <laughs> i remember when i was a kid i get caught i got caught um shoplifting and i said i said to the, the store detectives that we i was being bullied that was me and a couple of my <laughs> mates were about thir about 13 and uh, I said, yeah, there's some bigger lads. And they said, you have to steal this for us or we're going to beat you up. Yes. And at that age, and it, it's funny. You think that you're going to be believed. And it's funny now when you see kids and your friends' kids and like, you know, relatives that are younger, like, you know, 12, 13. And you ask them something and they tell you what they believe is the, the truth that you're going to believe <laughs> and you see straight you see straight through them do you think it's going to work for the Duffy brothers you know, mate I'm not sure so Gardy watching the yard on August the 20th 2019 stopped a Toyota Avensis at the scene so the Avensis was carrying Stephen and Kieran Duffy and officers seized a combined 103 930 thousand euro from the footwell and the boot in america you you say trunk of the car so Gardy also searched the home of stephen duffy and found fifteen thousand euros stashed <laughs> it's my favorite one he found 
15,000 euro stash in a ride-along lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> That's creative. That's creative. I haven't heard of that. But mate, I imagine if you, you that's where you're storing it and, you, and you're sitting at home one afternoon and thinking, I'm going to give the lawn a once over. You forget it's in there. Start the lawnmower, stop going, and you literally just slash up all your money and it goes everywhere. Confetti. I mean, like you said, it's, it's ingenious, but it's not a place I think I'd be hiding 15,000 euro just in case it did get all slashed to pieces. Forensic Science Island investigations found fibers from Kieran Duffy's clothing in the cab of the digger at the scene in Virginia. So he's banged to rights. Kieran Duffy has no previous convictions, but Jared Duffy had eight. So it's possible, I'm not sure the ages of these guys, so it's possible that Jared Duffy, him having more convictions, he may be like the older brother. And maybe he's kind of dragged the younger brother into this kind of life. So he had eight convictions and they were all dealt with at, at district court level. Actually, Stephen Duffy, he could be older still. He had 11 previous convictions, which including, uh, included trespassing, handling and possessing stolen property and criminal damage. So I'm presuming he's not the nicest of fellas, is he? I mean, that's... A... <laughs> I'd love to meet their parents, though. Yeah, I mean, they, they're really a <laughs> wholesome family, I would imagine. Um, so the barrister for Jared Duffy said of his client, he has been hardworking throughout his life and he's in a steady relationship. So this is what I don't understand here. So your, your, your barrister is basically saying, even though my client clearly has done this robbery and he's got money stashed everywhere, lawnmowers and footwells of cars, he has, he has actually worked hard throughout his life and he's in a steady relationship. What the hell does that matter, whether he's in a steady relationship or not? And also, he's worked hard in his life stealing shit from other people. That's how hard he's worked. <laughs> Rich, Rich, tell us what a barrister is for those of us that don't know. Barrister, I would imagine, in uh, would be the same as like your lawyer or your, maybe your district attorney is the you know he's who you employ to like look after your um, your well being in the court, like basically to fight your case for you. Yeah, if we say lawyer. Lawyer, yeah, it would be it would yeah, be lawyer you. for you, no problem. I'm I'm happy to help Austin. Any questions, just throw them out. He said that his client had met all of his bail conditions and had made admissions in the case in interview. Now, I don't know whether he said that he'd met all his previous bail conditions or whether he'd met this particular bail condition. But regardless of that, he's still a wrong one, isn't he? Still from the wrong side of the tracks. I guess what he's saying there is like, look, my client's admitted to this. He's, he's never missed bail, etc., etc. So you should go easy on him. Um, he said that Mr. Jared Duffy was apologetic for what he had done. And, and because of that, he had entered his early guilty plea. Again, he's just trying to get a lower sentence. He knows he's banged to rights, doesn't he? He knows he's been, you know, he's been caught, so he's just trying to like lessen the amount of time he, may, he might spend in the nick. It sounds to me like he's just digging himself into a deeper and deeper hole. Mr. Uh, Mr. Harnett, his barrister, said um, he, they've got character references from Jared Duffy's girlfriend, employers, and yes, others. Yes, the girlfriend. But this is what I mean about, this is the thing I think about character references. If you get a character reference, you're always going to go to someone that you can trust is going to say something nice about you. So really, why does that hold up in court? I never understand that. I'd like to put an ad out right now. Richard and I would love to be anyone's character reference if they need that. We're great actors. 
We're great, great actors. And we can lie through our teeth. We would be, you know, a stick on for that. Although I suppose we shouldn't be doing that in a court of law. So I'll retract that offer. But if anyone needs a fake best man, anything like that, you know, we would love to come up with stories. I've been Connor's best friend since high school. Let me tell you all the amazing things that he did. Hire us. And just to reference a previous pod, all we would do there is put all Connor's information into the AI machine and that would generate a perfect <laughs> character reference, wouldn't it? His barrister asked the court to show his client some light at the end of the tunnel and he described Jared Duffy as a settled and stable person who hoped to return to work. See, I would be embarrassed of, uh, as a barrister having to say that because clearly this guy has got so many previous convictions and he is literally standing there with a straight face saying that he's of good standing, a settled and stable person. He wants to return to work. What kind of work does he want to return to? He wants That's to get what back I was just going to ask. What... Do we know what kind of work he's claiming to be doing besides his, besides his construction work? I, I, it doesn't say. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too sure. <laughs> He said that another person could have possibly stowed the 15,000 in the lawnmower, to which the witness agreed. He said Stephen Duffy's involvement was limited and significantly had entered a guilty plea. So basically what he's saying is that he wasn't actually that involved in it. So he's entering a guilty plea. Again, they're just trying to lower sentences here, aren't they? Um, he said that his client had two children with his partner, had a strong employment history and had written a letter of apology, knowing his actions will change his life forever. <laughs> Imagine that. Right. OK. Imagine that being a, a more severe case. Imagine like you've murdered someone or like, you know, attacked someone and they've got brain damage the rest of their life. And you go, do you know what's going to swing this for me? Give me a nice piece of paper. Give me an italic biro. I'm going to write a letter of apology. That's going to lower my sentence. Why would you do that? What an idiot. Counsel for Kieran Duffy said that Kieran Duffy had significant work and character references before the court and that he had expressed remorse. He said his client was a very different picture outside of the court and was a good friend, neighbour and colleague of good standing in the community. That clearly is just a barefaced lie. He's a good friend and neighbour and of good standing in the community. He's just stolen a digger from 800 metres up the road, driven it to the hotel and tried to remove an ATM machine from a wall. But yet, no, he's of good standing in the community. Maybe he's uh, also, one of those where he's like, oh. barrister? Did they hire like one of their friends as their barrister or something? This is like the bar is so freaking low. This is the, the actual argument. They're good guys. There must be a really low bar in, in Ireland for this. <laughs> It certainly seems that way, doesn't it? So, um, yeah, I mean, I again, it says, Kieran Duffy apologised to his family, to his friends, the community and, and neighbours for disappointing them. So they probably, I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's one of those communities where they go, oh, it's just Kieran being Kieran. Oh, that's just Jared. Oh, that, he's funny, isn't he, Jared? Oh, he nicked a digger. That's funny, isn't it? Oh, he brought, he brought down the wall in a hotel and people fell out of their beds onto the street. Oh, that's just Kieran and Jared being, they're a funny family there. That's are, the Duffy brothers for you. Clearly they're, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> They're a crime family and they've essentially just tried to get away with as a lesser sentence as they can. And they, they were remanded in custody um, at the Special Criminal Court and have still 
not been sentenced. And that happened back in 2018 and 2019. And this was in October 2023. So it's taken a long time to get this far. And still, we don't know what they're going to go down for. So I would imagine it would, would probably be till next year, 2024, where they may get sentences. So we'll, um, I'll keep an eye on this and we'll revisit it in a future pod. But what do you think? So you've got, you've got Stephen, Gerard and Kieran. What do you think their sentences should be? So if you I think, think that, that... I think their that, sentences should be equal. All equal. Whatever so they're is. all privy to it. They're all, they're all part of it. Um... But they, I mean, also what's happened is one, only one of them obviously was able to drive the digger. And obviously I'm the sure other they two all would have. In. I'm sure they all would have taken turns if they could have. Do you reckon <laughs> they flipped a coin going, I want to do it this time? <laughs> hey, but, but Jared did it last time. I want to drive the digger this time. It's my turn. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would imagine, and listen, I have no basis of reference whatsoever, but it's it's would the digger be classed as like a weapon so would that be classed as armed robbery do you think yeah if you if you broke into a building a hotel and there's people staying in the hotel they you could have potentially hurt some any building where someone could have potentially been using the atm you break you you break the building you could have hurt them exactly so i guess we'll find out um but i mean i i i think what's what is armed robbery what's the sense that's about what 15 years 18 years so, so they they could get quite lengthy sentences and remember it is not just for this particular one at the atm in the hotel They've been they've been found and convicted of the five others as well. So that's a lot. And they've they've you know, it's it's theft, it's criminal damage, armed robbery, potentially, potentially even a, an attempted manslaughter case as well. Because if someone got injured on that time, you know, and also it's that kind of pre-planned thing, that premeditated. They've all it's, it's serious and organized crime, isn't it? So that's got to carry a sense. Well, it's serious crime. I don't know if it's organized crime, Rich, but it's pretty serious. But it seems pretty disorganized. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. I feel like twenty years. I wouldn't be surprised if these guys got twenty years. It seems like it seems like if you give them something like two or five years, they're just gonna do it again. They've they're they're a family. They're gonna get back. You know. They're going to be right back at it. I think they've got to get something something longer than that. So maybe twenty years. It's true, and I and I, there's obviously it said earlier in the in the notes that it was there was five people involved, and yet only the three of them were actually caught. So there's another two people out there. So you know, it's like some criminals they're able to kind of still orchestrate their criminal empire from the from the confines of a, of a prison cell. So you never know if it's, if it's um <laughs> yeah as you said it's not particularly organized. Yeah, but I think some, they probably like. I I do question if the Duffy brothers would be able to organize their crime syndicate from the cell but maybe the other two people are mom and dad that's my guess may it's possible it's possible we don't we don't know where they're from and we don't know that the family history but yes, i'm, I'm so. imagining ann ramsey in in the goonies as as mom i don't know if you remember the goonies <laughs> but that, that i do remember it very well we're talking about here <laughs> so mate yeah that was the story of the duffy brothers and the atm digger robberies which uh which didn't go according to plan for those boys and uh they have been caught so um there you go that was that story mate so it's been a another interesting and revealing story 
from the Too Good To Be True Crime podcast. I love that. And we got um we got a story in from your friend. We would love to have more stories from listeners. So please, if you got a story for us, tell us something that happened in your life that is just too good to be true crime. I'm sure Richard's fiance has a couple too good to be true just, crimes just, just living with him. <laughs> Mate, dozens and dozens and dozens. <laughs> and of course... Please like the podcast. I'm getting to the point now where I don't loathe myself for saying this because I know it's got to be done. So, you gotta you know, do it. Like, like, like the podcast, drop us a review. If you're watching this on YouTube, hello to the viewers. But mate, shout out to Carl again. Thanks for that amazing Thanks, Too Good Carl. To Be True Crime, Carl. And as Austin said, please, if you have a Too Good To Be True Crime, send it in to us here at Too Good To Be True Crime. And we may talk about it on the podcast. And we will see you for another episode next time. See you later, Austin. Later.